Shane the Ripper, Episode 1, Liam, was written by Brittany Burke and Ian McGowan and voiced by Adam Bauer, Brittany Burke, S. Michael Clericus, Becky Coleman, Katie Higgins, Ian McGowan, Alexa Moore, Emily Roddenbeck, Daniel Williams, and Liz Zirkel. All music by Ian McGowan, with additional music provided by Nikki Kovaluk. Jane the Ripper is brought to you by Calamity Cast, produced by Ian McGowan and Daniel Williams, and co-created by Brittany Burke and Ian McGowan. And now, Jane the Ripper, Episode 1, Liam. Right. And can you just confirm when you bought the item, please? Uh, two weeks ago. He gave me a good deal on it. I don't think he knew what it was worth, so I didn't ask too many questions. Yeah, I gathered that. He said it was his dead grandmother's ring. Who am I to question him, eh? You know a lot of grandmothers that can afford a 10-carat diamond ring? Look, you describe the seller as a white male, average build, and height. Any distinctive markings? A tattoo, piercing, maybe a scar? He had some kind of marking on his ring finger. Right ring finger, I think. I didn't see any piercings. I didn't get great look at it, but I thought I saw a heart or something. Right. I'll be in touch. You let me know if he comes by again, yeah? Yeah, yeah. What do you have for me, Detective Morris? Well, the store owner doesn't remember much other than the seller's general description. He didn't ask any questions either, although he did notice that our guy has a tattoo of a heart or something on his right hand. Ring finger, I think. That's more than we had before. We still have much to go on. This is the third robbery in the last six weeks. I'll check out the local tattoo parlors close to the pawn shops that sold the stolen jewelry. Maybe the perp was dumb enough to get his ink nearby, and one of the artists will recognize their work. Alright, just don't waste a lot of time. Let me know if you get any leads. completely booked. The guy working the counter today should have told you. I'm not here to get a tattoo. I'm looking for the artist who's tattooed a heart on someone's ring finger, maybe their right ring finger. Have you ever done something like that on a white male, average height and build? No, I only do large pieces really. Actually, no one here would do anything like that, especially that small. You could try Why Not Tattoo over on 14th Street or the Pink Pony on Main. You might find someone there that does work like that. Right, thanks. Hey, welcome to Why Not Tattoos. What'll it be today? Detective Morris with Bristol PD. What kind of work do you do here? Mostly Celtic stuff. You're welcome to take a look through this and see if there's anything you like. Hmm. Wait, what's this? Oh, that's a clotter ring. Did that a couple of days ago. Just black ink. Nothing crazy. Only took like 30 minutes so you'd be in and out. You interested? Not for me, but I'm interested in the person you did that for. Could you describe them? Sure, uh, white guy, average build, average height, nothing special. Here, let me look for the receipt. Huh, weird. I remember his name was Robbie, but I'm not seeing anything under that name. It looks like he used a card under the name Rachel McLaren. Got it, thanks. I'll leave you my card in case he comes back. If he does, would you give me a call? Thanks. Detective Grant. Holly, it's Liam. I've got a name, Rachel McLaren. Can you run her through the system for me? 
Right, here we are. Nothing major, just a couple misdemeanors for disorderly conduct. She apparently likes her bubbly. And is pretty loaded, too. She's got Griffith, Melrose, and Ken on retainer. Strange. I got her name from a tattoo shop where her card was used to pay for a clotter ring tattoo. Not sure how our suspect would have gotten his hands on it. Well, she's quite the socialite based on her rap sheet. Maybe she just left it at a bar. Or simply lost it. What's her address? 429 Rampart Lane. Thanks. I'm going to follow up with Miss McLaren and head back to the station afterwards. We can touch base then. Detective Morris pulls up to 429 Rampart Lane and sits a moment. The house is an immaculate three-story brownstone, the kind of house most people can't afford unless they're filthy rich. I'm coming, I'm coming, Jesus. Yes, can I help you? Yes, sorry to bother you. Uh, Detective Morris with Bristol PD. May I speak with Rachel McLaren? Speaking, duh. Right, of course. Did you lose a credit card recently? Oh, shit. Did somebody rack up five grand in McDonald's or something? I keep forgetting to phrase that account. No, not quite that bad. Someone used it to pay for a tattoo. Can you tell me when you lost it? A tattoo? I hope it's shit. I lost it a couple days ago on a night out, I think. Went all over town, managed to end up at a party in that new high-rise downtown. What a view. So I've heard. Uh, do you remember where you went specifically besides the high-rise? Oh, who cares? I didn't lose it until I got to the party anyway. Some nitwit had his eye on me the entire evening. I mean, can you blame him? But he wasn't exactly my type. Dude, yo, check her out, man. Holy shit. No way you got a chance with her. That's all me, man. Nah, man, there's no way she's into your greasy punk ass. Ha ha ha, watch and learn, bro. Fine, fine. Can't wait to watch you fall on your face, dude. Oh, can't wait to watch you fall on your face, dude. <laughs> Fuck you, man. So I told the clerk I wasn't paying full price for Louboutin heels with a smudge on them. Got them for half off and store credit. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you got away with that. I'm so jealous. Hey girls, how you doing this lovely evening? Um, fine, I guess. Who are you? Banks. Bobby Banks. And you are? <laughs> OMG, Sammy, he thinks he's some kind of James Bond. Honey, you're gonna need to step up your suit game if you wanna pull that off. <laughs> you ladies got some sass, I see. <laughs> I like that. Gross. You're so not my type. Well, screw you too then. Well, what about you, beautiful? How about you swing that thing over here and keep me company tonight? Um, hard pass. I have more, uh, refined tastes, so... Have a nice night. Excuse me? You think I'm a poor punk or something? Yeah. I mean, just look at you. Fine. fine. I see how it is. How about I take your purse since uh, I'm so poor then? <laughs> Come here. Stop Give it. Creep. Let go. Help. Someone get this douchebag out of here. Man, fuck this. What a dick. Oh, shit. He stole my credit card. What? You gotta get security. Ugh, that sounds like way too much effort, though. Waiter! I'll take two more glasses of bubbly for me and my friend. You can use this card, leave it open. What's a one lost credit card anyway? I have others. <laughs> sounds like quite the ordeal. Uh, I just can't get over how he said his name. Banks. Robbie Banks. As if that was ever gonna work on me. Right. Well, thank you for your time, Miss McLaren. 
I'd recommend canceling the card just to be safe. <laughs> yeah, sure thing, officer. Fair enough. It looks like our guy is living with his mom. Her address matches the one we found in our system for Robbie back at the precinct. That's not too surprising for a guy that would try to steal a purse in the middle of a bar. Detectives Morris and Grant roll through the streets in Morris's old creaky Mercedes. Over the years, they've spent a lot of time in this car. They make their way to the home of Robbie Banks, intent on bringing him in for questioning and hopefully closing this case. He sounds like a greasy guy and he might get skittish. I say we play this one nice and easy. Yes? Who is it? Hello, ma'am. I'm Detective Grant from Bristol PD, and this is Detective Morris. We're looking for Robbie Banks. We'd like to ask him a couple questions. Ha! My son, the upstanding citizen. He hasn't been here in months. Not that he was around much when he was living here anyway. Do you know where he might be staying now? When he left, he's mouthing off about going to stay with his friend Michael. But that was a couple of months ago. What was his friend's last name? Wallace? He lives a few miles from here, closer to downtown. Thank you for your time, Miss Banks. Here's my card. If you hear from Robbie, please let us know. He left his mother's house right around the time the robbery started. Between the timeline matching up, the tattoo, and Rachel McLaren's story, we have more than enough to bring him in. Detective Grant gets Michael's address from her colleague back at the precinct as the detectives head downtown, eventually arriving at a large, worn-down house. The front yard is full of tall, unkempt grass, and broken lawn ornaments are strewn about. Let's see if anyone's home. Hello? Anyone home? This is Detective Grant from Bristol PD. No answer, no lights on. I say we take a look around. Detective Grant moves into the living room and flips the light switch by the door. The room is a mess, with a stained floral pattern couch and a TV sitting on two milk crates. Detective Morris lifts two video game controllers off of an old pizza box on the coffee table. Look what I found. Are those pearls? Robbie must not have known what to do with them. And check this out. Plans to break into what I'm assuming is another jewelry shop. Shit. Was that the back door? You take the back. I'm going around the side. Liam sprints after the suspects, hopping over the coffee table before throwing the back door open and sprinting through the yard. Michael speeds around the corner of the building, heading back toward the front, while Liam struggles to keep pace with Robbie as he sprints down the alley. Stop! Bristol PD! Stop! Michael runs through the walkway between his house and the neighbors, heading back toward the front when... Oof! Detective Grant greets him with some particle board she found laying in the yard. Ugh! What the hell, lady? It's Detective Grant, actually. Why do you guys always run? Meanwhile, Liam pursues Robbie through the alley and out into traffic as Robbie tries to zigzag his way through cars. Oh, come on. Robbie, stop. Screw you, old man. You'll never catch me. Seriously, you guys always run. It's hard on everyone involved, Robbie. Let this be a lesson to you. Come on. 
Who wouldn't want the hunky hero and the fantastic leading lady to be brought to life? With Love and Lust, a smutcast, indulge in a radio drama filled to the brim with romance, laughs, and all those wonderfully awkward moments that come with a new relationship. And don't forget those delicious sexy parts that make romance novels oh so fun to enjoy. Season one of Love and Lust is available now at CalamityCast.com or anywhere that you can find podcasts. Back at the station, Liam and Holly sit at their desks. The precinct is especially busy today, buzzing with excitement. Word has spread that the jewelry store thieves are in custody and awaiting charges. Well, that's my workout for the week. At least you got to swing around some particle board and knock a guy out. I just watched Robbie poorly dodge traffic as I barely kept up. Across the precinct, Robbie and Michael are fingerprinted and have their mugshots taken. Robbie smirks in his. All right, pretty boys, let's go. This way. So when do I get my phone call, man? I'm just saying, you know, you better give me that phone call. I know how this shit works. <laughs> I bet you do, judging by your rap sheet. Man, no one asks for your smart-ass responses. Shut the hell up. In you go, Mr. Smart-ass shut the hell up. You, Mr. Phone Call, this way. Be cool, Mikey. I'll get us out of here in no time. My dad owns a dealership. Back in the detective offices, Holly and Liam get started on what's certain to be a mountain of paperwork. So, we have him on multiple accounts of B&E, felony criminal possession of stolen property, and grand larceny. And with the airtight evidence from the multiple precincts, they won't be getting out anytime soon. Morris, my office please. (laughs) That sounds promising. Probably giving me a new partner, thankfully. Close the door, would you? What can I do for you, sir? How's that multiple robbery case coming along? About as well as could be, minus some unexpected cardio. They should be off the streets for quite a while. Fantastic work, Morris. You have an excellent closure rate, and you're a good influence on the other officers. Without your superb work on the Williams kidnapping case, that family likely would still be wondering where their daughter was. I think it's time you were promoted, Liam. Sir, I'm not sure... You don't need to give me an answer right this second, don't worry. But the offer won't be on the table for long, either. Take a few days and think it over. Let me know by the end of the week. Well, what was that all about? He offered me a promotion. That's fantastic. Why aren't you more excited? You didn't turn it down, did you? Don't make me hit you. No, I didn't turn it down, but I didn't accept it either. I don't know. There's so much more paperwork the higher up you get. That does not sound enticing to me. What, because you love being in action? Barely keeping pace with the thieves half your age? Exactly. Especially if they're idiots and run into traffic. Then the cars do the dirty work for me. Take the promotion, Liam. He's given me until the end of the week to consider it. Maybe I'll see what Wendy thinks. If she's as smart as you say she is, she'll tell you to take it. Speaking of... Ah, shit. It's already 6.45? I'm supposed to meet her for dinner in 15 minutes. Don't worry, I'll take care of the paperwork. (sighs) I'm so sorry I'm late, Wendy. We had a huge break in the jewelry shop robberies case. I just got carried away. Well, did you at least catch the guy? Turns out it was two guys, but we got them both. Still, it's no excuse for being late. I even left the paperwork to Holly. It's okay, you're only a few minutes late. You should help Holly with the paperwork tomorrow, though. It's not her fault that you can't keep time. Yeah, you're right. I'll help first thing in the morning. How was work today? Oh, it was a 
good one today. I taught the kids how to do some basic math using candy. They had quite the sugar rush, but I think they got the message. <laughs> it was Mel's idea. She thought the candy would go over well, which it did, of course. What about you? Was the break in the jewelry case all the excitement for the day? Actually, Neville offered me a promotion. That's great! It's long overdue, you know. You deserve it even before the kidnapping case. I don't know. I'm not sure I'll take it. I already feel like most of my job is paperwork. Every job has paperwork. But I get what you're saying. I know how much you love being in the middle of the action. I really do. I had a good chase today with one of the perps. If it weren't for some traffic, though, he may have gotten away. I mean, I wouldn't mind slowing down a bit, but a promotion would stick me behind a desk full time. Good evening. May I get some drinks for the table? I'll have a glass of red wine, please. A uh, Cabernet if you have it. Thanks. Of course. And for you? I'll take a glass of whatever stout you have on tap. Thanks. Maybe desk duty wouldn't be such a bad thing, Liam. Yes, you'll be away from most of the excitement, but you'll also be away from most of the danger. It would be a big change. When do you have to give him your answer? Well, Neville gave me until the end of the week. Then give it some thought. Whatever you decide will be good. No matter what, it's just nice to know that your hard work is appreciated. Mel just went through the same thing, actually, with a department head position at school. She took a couple of days even though she knew almost immediately that she was going to accept. Maybe you're right. It wouldn't hurt to take some time to consider it. I'm sure you'll make the right choice. Now, I think I'm ready to order. Sounds good to me. Waiter? The next morning, two friends make their way through a local farmer's market across town. A light rain falls as they shop for a few items. Um, let me see. Tomatoes, arugula, eggs. I think I'm all set. I just need to grab a loaf of bread and I'm good to go. Hi there. How are you? Not bad in yourselves. We got a special going. Two for one loaves if you're interested. Thanks. But I think I'll just take one today. Very good. Thanks. And here's your change. Have a good day. Stay dry. Thanks. You as well. Now then, I vote against the scenic route on account of the crap weather. Let's cut through the square. The two friends exit the farmer's market, heading away from the crowds before taking a path in between two buildings that leads into a small, dreary square. Two benches sit on either side, with a large elm tree covering most of the path in shadow and darkness. This place is so creepy when the weather's crap. Good thing it's barely bigger than your back garden, then. Hey, what's that? What's what? I don't see anything. There, just behind that bench by the tree. Is that... I think there's someone over there. Where? I don't... Oh, I guess it's happy hour somewhere, huh? Hey, buddy. You okay? Let's go. I'm definitely over this place. Wait, but they aren't moving. They could be hurt or something. Hey, man, are you okay? Just want to make sure you're... Ah! Oh my god, holy shit! What? What is it? Blood! There's so much blood! Call cops now! I'm Adam. And I'm Daniel. We've got a great new show on the Calamity Cast Network. It's called the Black Lodge Complaint Department. And every week, we're going to discuss everyone's favorite show, Twin Peaks. Boo! That sounds terrible, Adam. And I've never seen Twin Peaks. That's the point. Listen along as we go over the entire series from the perspective of a longtime fan. And a person that kind of hates David Lynch. For no good reason. 
It's going to be great. Yes, it is. So subscribe now to the Black Lodge Complaint Department on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and check us out at calamitycast.com. Why is there so much paperwork? It never ends. Especially when you've stayed late to do your partner's work and then come in early to pick it right back up. Sorry, I meant to say thank you. You really helped me avoid trouble with Wendy. I mostly did it for her. She's too sweet for you. Don't worry, I've got your back, Liam. You've helped me before. We're just about done anyway. This is Detective Grant. We have a dead body reported near downtown Farmer's Market at 83rd and Hudson. Two patrol cops have secured the area for now. You need to get there quickly. Right, we're on our way. Dead body near the farmer's market. Let's move. A small crowd has begun to form near the edge of the crime scene. Two news vans have pulled up and are unpacking their gear as the reporters are craning their necks for a good angle. Out of the way. Detectives, coming through. Detectives, can you tell us what's happening? You know the drill. No questions at the scene. Chief Neville will address any questions you have later. Who alerted the media? We didn't take that long to get here. They probably picked it up on some radio chatter. Finally! The scene is a mess and the crowd is getting bigger by the minute. Yeah, we saw the journalists already too. What's the situation? Uh, two friends leaving the farmer's market, walked through here and spotted the body. Uh, they saw the blood, freaked out and called 911. God damn, this is awful. Grant, take a look. Holy shit. This is what those two people walked into? There's so much blood. They didn't sound quite that shaken. I don't think they got this close. Uh, they're sitting on the bench across the square for now. Oh, and uh, forensics and the ME are here. Let's give them some time with the scene. I'll go talk to the witnesses. I'm sure they're eager to get out of here. Are you the detective? That cop over there said we couldn't leave until we talked to you. Come on, it won't be much longer. What do you need from us? I'm Detective Grant. For now, can you just tell me what happened? Well, we left the farmer's market, cut through this path, and found, well, they were just laying there. At first, I thought they just had too much to drink or something and passed out. I asked to see if they were okay and they didn't respond. And then, oh my god, all the blood. Was anyone here when you walked into the square? Mm, no, no one else was here. Did you see anything else? No, just the blood. That was more than enough. Okay, that's all for now. The officer you spoke with earlier will take you straight to the precinct to write down your official statements then you can go home. What have you figured out so far? Well, the victim is female. Her throat's been cut. The attacker may have approached from behind. Looks like it was quick, too. No signs of a struggle. Is that another cut along the abdomen? Yeah, it's, it's jagged. The cut along the throat is a straight line, but this looks more like a rip. Do you think they cut the throat first? Yeah, my, my, my guess is yeah. Then they delivered the second stab after she turned around. Then there's the matter of the missing kidney. Christ. Yeah, no kidding. I'm guessing and hoping it was removed post-mortem. I'll have more information after I examine the body more thoroughly in the morgue. We have an update on the homicide, sir. In short, it's a mess. There was a large pool of blood around the body and two major stab wounds. 
cuts across the throat and large jagged cut in the abdomen. A kidney was also removed from the victim. Sounds like a violent attack. What do you think, a crime of passion? If anything, I'd say they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time, but it's too early to say. I don't know about that. The first cut was almost surgical, premeditated even, not to mention the missing kidney. I'm thinking the killer planned this. They followed behind the victim, maybe even stalked her before killing her. I'm guessing the missing kidney and violence of the attack is why the news is already saying they think it's a copycat. Who do they think this guy is copying exactly? Jack the Ripper? Yes, actually. Oh, come on. No way. That's crazy. That was hundreds of years ago. They're not exactly wrong. Ugh, you can't be serious. The stab wounds match, the setting, and even the victim are similar. Let's not jump the gun here. Forensics hasn't even finished with the crime scene yet. They'll find concrete evidence to go on, not some murder mystery hunch. Now I need you two to start working on identifying the victim and finding next to kin. Dismissed. You didn't have to embarrass me in front of Neville. I am up for promotion, you know. It's not my fault your theory was embarrassing. Really, Liam? Jack the Ripper? I don't know if this is a copycat case, but you can't rule that out without any evidence to the contrary. There are some definite similarities. You have to see that. I guess, but I need evidence. Hopefully this is just some gruesome one-off. After a long day, Liam heads over to Wendy's cozy apartment. The front door opens to a small hallway with a tall iron coat hanger. There's a soft leather couch in the living room across from the TV where Wendy sits watching the news. Wendy, I'm home. In here. Hi, are you okay? Uh, I saw the news. I'm fine, thanks. Holly and I got the call this morning. Have a seat. I ordered pizza. I didn't feel like cooking. How was your day? Well, news of the killing somehow got around by lunchtime. The kids had a lot of questions. The news had no business spreading that stuff around. They barely have any information to share anyway. They'll just... they'll just scare everyone. I can't stand that kind of fear-mongering. They didn't say much, but there were a few shots of the crime scene and reports of a woman found stabbed to death. That got the students asking about murder and why someone would want to do that sort of thing. It's not exactly an easy conversation for adults, let alone children. Plus, it happened so close to the farmer's market, the class was just there for a field trip to the History Museum. It's scary when a crime like that happens so close. Were you able to keep the kids calm? Oh yeah, I can always reassure them. Myself, on the other hand. Leave that to me. I'll go grab us some plates for this pizza, and we'll pick out something lighthearted to watch together. Sound good? Sounds perfect. Morning, Grant. Morning. How are you? I feel like we were just here. Sometimes it feels like we never leave, right? Any updates on our murder victim? Not yet. Morris, a word? Sure thing. Have you reached a decision regarding the promotion? Uh, right. Respectfully, I'm going to decline. Are you sure? I can't guarantee another opportunity like this. I understand, sir, and I appreciate being considered. Very well. Keep me posted on this murder case. I'd like an update at the end of the day. Dismissed. Everything all right? Yeah, yeah. Nothing to worry about.
Across town, Wendy and Mel have lunch together, as they always do when they don't get stuck with cafeteria duty. It's a rare respite from the chaos of being surrounded by children all day. I'm so jealous of your leftover pizza. Ugh. It's quite the culinary masterpiece, isn't it? Better than my hummus and veggies. Anyway, how's your week going? Oh, you know, it's going. I had to address that awful murder to my students the other day, so that's had me a bit on edge. That's understandable. My students asked about it, too. How'd you handle it? Well, I told them to try and not think about it. We don't have any information, and they'll only drive themselves crazy and give themselves nightmares if they dwell on it. Smart. Maybe I'll take that advice as well. Ugh, I just, I just want to get out of the city whenever I hear about things like this. Especially knowing Liam's in the line of work. Why not take a little vacation then? A romantic weekend getaway would be lovely. Good grief, already? Right, well, have a good rest of the day. Hope you two can get on a weekend retreat soon. After another hard day, Liam is glad to finally be away from the precinct. Wendy always helps him decompress when he's working tough cases. Although given how shaken up she was, he figured that he should switch those roles tonight. Liam, that you? I'm in the kitchen. Be right in. Hey you! Mwah. How was your day? I was actually thinking... Is that a bottle of wine? I picked it up on the way home. I thought, well, you seemed pretty upset about the case the other day. Maybe this would help take your mind off it, and... Well, this isn't the cheap stuff either. You're too sweet. Mwah. Have you had that kind before? Wine really is more your purview, I think. Honey, it's wine. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But, speaking of taking my mind off things, how would you feel about a weekend away? Get out of the city for a couple of days? I just found this really adorable B&B a couple hours away. You know what? That actually sounds perfect. Let's do it. Really? No arm twisting necessary? None whatsoever. Mwah. You already booked it, didn't you? About an hour ago, actually. <laughs> I knew it. In all seriousness, Liam, I just want to spend as much time together as we can. This, this case really has gotten to me for some reason. It has me thinking about all those stereotypical carpe diem- Don't you mean yo-yo? Isn't that what the kids are saying these days? One, it's rude to interrupt. Two, it's yo-lo, not yo-yo. You're so embarrassing. Right, right. I'm sorry, love. Just trying to inject a bit of humor. We don't know how much time we've been given, Liam. I just... Life can be so fleeting, you know? I want to make the most of my time with you. That poor girl was so young. What if it had been me? You can't think like that, Wendy. Listen, what happened to her was a tragedy, okay? A one in a million event. I'll never let anything happen to you, okay? Okay. Promise? I promise. Cross my heart, hope to die. Now, I'm going to pour you a glass of wine while you tell me about this B&B. How's that sound? Perfect. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit CalamityCast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 